Hi, this is Becky Pitts, host of the Becky Pitts Morning Show. This is Don Shields, host of the Don Shields Show. This is Joe Brantley, host of the Joe Brantley Show. This is Rob Pacey, voice of PBL Athletics. This is Dan Gee. And you're listening to the Jay and Kale Show. Presented by 104.9 WPXN Paxton Rantoul. Hey, and welcome back to the Jay and Kale Show, presented by 104.9 WPXN Paxton Rantoul. Jay, it's been a couple days, but... Uh, Got some big news to talk about. Finally, some sports topics, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. More fuel to add to the fire here for our for our sports talk show. It's it's good, especially with the circumstances we're under now. Still the same stuff, different days. So always good when we got more stuff to talk about sports wise. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, what are we? I think we're in day twelve or thirteen with no baseball, but uh, the NFL saved us there for a couple days. Now we're back into. Uh, some Illini basketball. We just had that good episode there with Isaac Ambrose, and uh, believe it or not, Jay, that was our most listened to episode yet. Really? Yeah, and I mean, Isaac, that was a pretty good conversation we had there. I can't wait to get him back on for, for some football stuff. Yeah, very good. I mean, he's very knowledgeable and good at what he does, obviously, as you had said, and then I got to experience that conversation with him, and he knows his stuff, and I can't say I'm too surprised that that was the most viewed episode. I'm sure he probably brought in some of his own uh, yeah. side when it comes to viewer-wise, so that's good. Any type of promo we can get, but Absolutely. So we're growing. We're getting there. We got a bunch of new subscribers. I haven't said it in a while. If you're new here, new to the J&KL show, don't forget to hit that uh, subscribe button. Leave us a review. I'll be able to read all of those. Uh, but let's get right into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, Jay. And we got uh, two Illini players to talk about today. Uh, number one, obviously, is the most, um, let's say, most prolific. I'll say the ones that are leaving. Uh, Alan Griffin is decided yesterday. He released on Twitter a big, uh, big, long, you know, paragraph on there, thanking Illini Nation for for the support that we showed him here, and announced that he's going to be entering the transfer portal after averaging 8.9 points per game, almost five rebounds. And, uh, well, I mean, he played really, really well this year. And he played averaged almost 22 to 24 minutes a game. So, you know, if, if the the playing time factor had anything to uh, to weigh into at Griff's decision to go ahead and transfer, I'm going to go ahead and come out and say that I don't agree with that because, I mean, he played in some pretty big games, hit some pretty big shots. Underwood relied on him. and I don't know, man. That was just tough to swallow. Yeah, I think you hit the nose right on the head. Underwood relied on him a lot. I mean, this is a guy who got significant minutes, as you just said, statistic-wise, between 22 and 24. I mean, I thought he was a pretty vital part of the team when it came to our depth, and he was really – you know, probably our better one of our better bench players. I mean, we weren't extremely deep, I don't think, and he was at least another guy who'd come off the bench and was a threat to score. I mean, he was one of our better three-point shooters for most of the year, percentage-wise. And I'm confused. I'm I wasn't sure if it was a playing time thing. I don't know if it's because of that, or I know we have gotten a couple other transfers that had to sit out this year basketball-wise. I don't know if they're good or the incoming recruiting class has got him nervous or what, but I'd like to know where he's, where his thinking is at this point. Just I do. I guess. I do think there's one one weighing factor. Number one, he's from, uh, from the Bronx. So, I mean, coming from New York City, 
to Champaign, I mean, that's a pretty big hike, um, you know, especially for being an 18 year old kid. First time you leave, leave home, you know, it's always tough no matter how old you are, no matter who you are. I think that had uh, some, some weighing factor on, on his decision to maybe head back home a little bit. But um, in, you, you touched on the two kids that were sitting out, Austin Hutcherson and Jacob Grandison. Uh, those are two wings that Illinois Illinois is going to have coming in for this year. Um, they were sitting out. One's a Holy Cross transfer, and it's Grandison, I think, or excuse me, Hutchison. Uh, their names are very similar. Um, he was he's a Holy Cross transfer. Had to sit out last year due to the due to the transfer rules. But that kid is a sharpshooter from the outside, and I think that might have influenced Griffin, especially if Io goes to the NBA draft, which I'm going to talk about that in a second. If Io decides to head to the draft and we do get Adam Miller, I think Griff's minutes, he's going to have to work pretty hard for those minutes, and his, his minutes would dwindle. Yeah, and I feel like that was kind of my main thing just initially when I saw it is it seemed like the other pieces around him were probably going to present some problems when it came to what he thought would be sufficient playing time for himself. So, I mean, you can't blame a kid for wanting to play more, but at the same time in the back of your head, you'd have to think that, a guy like Underwood who kind of took a chance on this kid when no one else did and to see the production that they got out of him and not only production statistic-wise, I mean, he was just good energy, man. I feel like whenever he came on the floor, he had a really couple big, big games that where he did some dirty work and got some rebounds and things like that. I feel like Underwood would have enough trust in him to maybe make it his spot to lose, but I guess he felt different. And, I mean, you can't fault a kid for wanting to do something to, to better himself and his career. So best of luck to him and like I said I mean I wish we could see what he would blossom into as a player in champagne and orange and blue for a few more years but hey sometimes that's just how it goes so he he was going to be such a vital part to the Illini's success in the upcoming season too that's that's why it's a tough pill to swallow for me just for the fact that number one if you look back at the Northwestern game when he completely took over in the second half, and I think he hit, what, four threes in the second half. He had numerous amounts of rebounds, and he, he just commanded the floor. You know, Io was having an off game. Obviously, Io's our closer. He's, he's the best in the last eight minutes of the game. But Griff got us to that point in that, in that specific game. But if you look at how aggressive he is on the offensive glass and the defensive glass down there fighting amongst the trees, I don't know. Once I think this is the toughest, toughest loss I've seen uh, or I've personally dealt with for uh, when it comes to somebody transferring. Just for the sheer fact that number one, this kid was a three-star recruit that Underwood put a lot of, a lot of pride in getting, you know, and and Illinois put a lot of trust in him and a lot of time and a lot of effort to get him here, and you know, made him feel like home, and then he just up and leaves. So. It's hard to fault a 19-year-old kid. I agree with you. You know, wherever he goes, wherever he ends up, whether it's Duke or Seton Hall or wherever he ends up uh, closer to home, I just wish the best of luck. And, I, you know, if he goes to Duke, his younger brother's there. So, and he's from, like I said, he's from the Bronx. So, he's got some – he's a little closer to home. I don't know. I just wish the best of luck. It's just a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and I think the thing that makes it, you know, I guess worse for most of Illini Nation, I can't say there was any – analysts that probably would have predicted something like this it may have been in the back of some guys minds but I just think it was such a surprise honestly after the production and stuff we had seen from him this year and uh, he kind of became a household name a little bit not yeah. the sheer fact that he was a star but just that he kind of came out of nowhere when no one expected him to be the type of player he was and 
for him to play that well this year and then all of a sudden make a decision like this in the midst of everything else we have going on right now. I think that's probably what kind of made it even worse when it comes to feeling crappy about it. So it's yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, if you look at who we lose this year, we lose Andreas Felice, we lose Kipper Nichols, potentially we lose Io. Georgie didn't play that well. Now you add Griffin to that mix. Man, that's oh. in any other situation except for Illinois, if everything goes to plan, that's a that's tough. I mean, that's that's gonna be you know, years of two, three years of trying to rebuild again, starting from square one. Thankfully, Underwood doesn't have to do that just by mainly the addition of Andre Corbello, and that's with Io leaving. You still have a floor general. Now the problem is you're lacking shooters big time because nobody can shoot except for Granderson and Hutchinson, which is why the Adam Miller thing comes into play so heavy. And that decision you've already went on your rant, and I rightfully agree, comes if Io ends up going to the NBA or not. But moving on to moving off of that, another uh, another transfer or another line I is transferring out of the program too. This one week I pegged that like I don't know the third or fourth week of the year. Uh, Tebian Jones has announced his intent to transfer as well, and there was some speculations. I still agree to this. When he is on the floor, he is by far the most athletic kid out there. There's nothing that's going to change my mind. But man, the kid just—I don't know if he doesn't have what it takes. That's tough to say, and it's kind of brutal. But that's beginning to what I'm or beginning or what I'm beginning to think. Yeah, and I think obviously his disciplinary issues at the beginning of the year did not help his cause, especially with a guy like Underwood, you know, who's kind of old fashioned in the sense of you gotta earn his trust, I feel like, to play for him and right. for him to, you know, kind of throw you out there on a regular basis in the Big Ten conference. And I just feel like Tavion's pure athleticism wasn't enough. I do agree with you that he is elite when it comes to that and probably one of the best in the biz. But, you know, even I feel like I know he didn't play a lot and it's hard to fault a kid when he doesn't get a ton of minutes and in-game experience. But I, I don't really feel like he did a ton of things well. Right. I would have liked to seen maybe what he could have, you know, potentially became as a player in the Big Ten if he were to get more of that in-game experience. But I just kind of more so see this as a – kid who got into some trouble and didn't really see eye to eye with Underwood and the rest of the staff and kind of made his decision based on that. I, I really, I really honestly believe that. So. And whether it might've been, you know, off the court issues, well, it was off the court issues. We do know that much, uh, whether it was academically or anything, any, any outlier, whatever the situation was, I really wish Tevian Jones would have been able to get it together. But like you said, Underwood being that old-fashioned coach, you know, he, he wants your trust. And you get his trust, he has yours. It's, it's, a, it's a two-way street there. And, you know, that's something I like about Brad Underwood is the transparency. You know what you're going to get out of him day in and day out. He, wants to, he goes in with those expectations for himself. He expects the same thing out of his players. I really like that about Underwood. I think that's one of his best qualities, which, honestly, I up until – well, when he was at Stephen F. Austin and Oklahoma State, I thought he was one of the best coaches around just for the sheer fact that he can turn some, nothing into something. I think that's why Josh Whitman hired him. But, you know, it's just those high expectations he puts on himself, then he translates those to the guys, and he's expected to work. You know, he wants his guys to work day in, day out. And I just don't think Tevian had, had, a, had or had the mentality or has it yet. Maybe this will be a wake-up call for him to wherever he goes, if he goes back home to California or in the California area, to, uh, you know, maybe, hey, maybe I, this was a good, you know, transition period for me, time to grow up a little bit, time to get my head on straight, get to the league. 
Yeah, absolutely. I only hope that can uh, be the case for him. And I couldn't agree more when you uh, just alluded to the, what you explained about Underwood and his expectations. And that's exactly right. And I don't think uh, you want anything less in the Big Ten as far as a coach that knows exactly what he wants out of his guys. And his guys know exactly what they're expected to do when it comes to behavior issues on and off the floor, execution, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, Best of luck to him, too, I guess. I hope he can uh, figure it out because uh, if not, that's going to be a sheer waste of talent. I'll tell you that. I do know that the Brad – I think the – I heard this the other day. Brad Underwood and his uh, his group of coaches are going to have a virtual meeting um, in the coming coming weeks to try to figure out who they're going to follow. Now they, they almost have to enter the transfer, the transfer portal. They have to go find some guys that are out there. I'm going to do some – swift research while we're under quarantine to see who they're who they're really looking after so that way maybe this week we can get another podcast on Illini basketball but um you know it's they they gotta they gotta plug that transfer market they gotta hit that hard they're just gonna have to find some guard play I mean they got they got a surplus of wings they've got two bigs and Georgie and Kofi and a third one in Jermaine Hamlin if if Jermaine Hamlin can develop and turn into a big 10 big man like he's got the body type and the physicality to do so. He just needs to kind of hone his skills a little bit. But man, they're really, really hurting in the guard department. Potentially losing Io, which we'll talk about next. Losing Feliz. Yeah, Trent Frazier. That's basically your only point guard as of right now. Yeah, and Trent. I mean, has been more of a shooting guard. I would feel like not necessarily straight position wise, but right. just uh, in the sense of the word. Like he's been more of a guy who with the help of Io, has been able to spot up and, and do some more shooting from the perimeter, which is, I think, is his, you know, strong suit, obviously. Um, yeah. I know Underwood talked about him kind of becoming a little bit of a defensive specialist this year, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, I, I don't think he played great defense, but I think he played much better defense than he has in the past. And um, I think at this point he's going to be a good – kind of not necessarily mentor but veteran for the younger guys to look to that come in you know like a Curbelo or potentially a Miller depending on whether Io leaves or not if Io doesn't leave I think it's best scenario for Trent because he's the same kind of thing he did this year he gets to run off screens and spot up and be ready to shoot if Io leaves then you kind of have the type of thing where he has to put some trust in those young guys like Curbelo and and uh, hope that they can kind of mold into the premier players that they're said to be and hopefully Trent can maybe help with that since he a has been in the big 10 for a few years now and B has been in the Underwood system. So I guess it's the best of both worlds for him. So speaking of Andre Corbello, that guy is a pass first point guard. Andre Cabello just leaks point guard oozes it. You know, when, when I watch anything from Lehigh uh, Twitter, uh, Long Island uh, Lutheran, where he where he's playing at right now, which by the way they beat Andre Corbello's team beat uh, Zaire Wade and uh, Bronny Junior's team in that championship they played. That's that's pretty big news. That team there, I don't know if you've seen any any highlights of Zaire Wade's team and Bronny Junior's team, but yeah, cool. I have seen some stuff of Sierra Canyon, and I actually that's looked a, yeah. at uh, actually looked at that game film from Corbello, and I can't remember it was a highlight bit and. You're right. I mean, Corbello's smooth, and he's definitely a guy that has – I mean, from what I've seen in the past, if it's going to be anything like I see on his highlight tapes, I mean, he's got some court vision that I don't think anyone's seen in a long time. 
Yeah. Just as far as a natural feel, you know, obviously I'm, you know, you can teach a kid to dribble and do this and do that, but I mean, you can't teach the feel and chemistry kind of thing that I feel like he has with his guys. And hopefully, uh, when he comes to Champagne, he develops that same kind of chemistry, and I don't really think he'll miss a beat. I mean, scoring may be something that comes, obviously, with some experience at the next level, but as far as his passing and floor general uh, play type, I think he's going to be just fine. If Curbelo can average eight, six, and eight, I'm okay. That if, every game, if he can score eight points, eight assists, eight to ten assists, I'm I'm. I'm okay with that because that's what I was talking about. You get Adam Miller in here, that guy is looking to shoot. Curbelo's looking to pass. He's looking to set you up. And then also I talked about – we talked about that a little bit with uh, Isaac. You know, you get that lob game going with Kofi and Curbelo. That Curbelo has that natural feel for that game. Hey, I'm going to throw it up there, Kofi. Go get it and hammer it home. That's something that's going to be fun to watch. But speaking of Io. Um, today I was listening to a few things with uh, a couple guys and IO is going to have a pretty tough decision, tougher than he did last year. Number one, he went to the, went to the pre-draft workouts last year and was pretty much told, Hey, you know, go back to college, go back to Illinois one more year, work on these things. Well, this year due to the pandemic and the uncertain circumstances that we're dealing with right now as a nation, there's no pre-draft workouts. So what do you do? Obviously, his, his draft stock rose the last couple of weeks there when he came back from Michigan State off or came out for the Michigan State injury. But is that enough to, to potentially say, hey, I'm going to go to, you know, go to the draft and potentially not even get drafted or, you know, stay another year, get hurt? I don't know, man. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. I mean, because it, it can potentially affect a lot of different pieces for this upcoming Illini team. And, A, it affects our chances to get Miller for some ungodly, stupid reason. Why would you not want to play with Io? Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense to me, but whatever. So, that that's going to affect that 100%. I mean, if Io stays, we're not getting him. And at that point, to, before, I, let's, before you keep going, if, that, if that's true, I'd rather have Io at that point. Oh, 100%. That's exactly where I was going with that. So, you know, what I, where I'm going with that is affecting multiple players. It affects Miller and his decision. It's also going to affect a kid like Curbelo. I mean, do incoming freshmen have to play? All, you know, no. But right. he's a good player that you would like to see get some minutes. And I'm not saying he won't get some minutes, but obviously if your alpha is the guy who brings the ball up the floor, he's either A, going to have to learn to develop that shooting and scoring game, or he's going to get significantly less minutes. Yep. And, I, uh, I, I see. Know, that's just one thing I think about. I see what you're saying with that. You know, that makes perfect sense. But also, Io brings the ball up, right? He's, he's the floor general if he stays. You put Curbelo in there for Trent, do that little handoff deal, give Curbelo the ball up top, let him see what he's got. Then he's got four guys potentially to set up. He's got Io. He's got Kofi. He's got Granderson or Hutcherson. Well, who, who, he can take his pick. Obviously, he's probably going to favor Io because, you know, that's just your game changer there. Right. I guess that is true. I mean, you could honestly insert Carmelo into a Feliz type spot from yep. this year. I mean, not, I mean, obviously, Andres Feliz was the bulldog, and we can't say enough good things about him and dirty work and behind the scenes stuff. And, and, uh, but, I mean, offensive production wasn't uh, crazy. So, like you said, if we can get 8 to 10 out of Curbelo along with 8 assists, and 
I'm just ready to see if this kid can carve up defenses, man. Um, uh, the anticipation is killing me. There's something about Illini basketball that just gets everybody – get their gets their blood pumping, you know what I mean? Especially you and I growing up in the area and uh, now living in Champaign. I love sports. Baseball will always be my favorite. But I think Illini basketball has to be the number one specific sport that I like. Yeah, and I mean, how long has it been since anybody has been this excited about Illini basketball? Oh, five. Yeah, 15 years. <laughs> So I mean, I think it's a long time coming. I'm ready to be excited. I'm ready to, I'm ready to have to fight to get tickets to go watch a game. You know, I miss that. Absolutely. Uh, once again, just a couple, just to reiterate, this is just going to be a quick episode so we can get something out there. Um, uh, there will be a poll on Twitter. Sorry, I haven't been able to do that. We have a list of movies that Jay and I are probably going to watch hopefully this weekend. Um, and then we will we'll do that probably Sunday night, maybe if, if both of us are free. I'm free, so I don't have Me anything too, going on. Um, so I'll put the poll up tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning. Make sure you vote on that to see what movie we're going to watch first. Uh, and then we'll review that Sunday night. Also, Jay, before we get out of here today, I don't know if you've seen anything I've been doing on Twitter with the top 20 Cubs that the Marquee Network has done. I decided to make my own. Um, I don't know if you've seen or read any of those. If you haven't, it's I all did. good. I did. I did look at it. it all right. Stuff. Now, there's one thing I want you to do. Obviously, um, we're in Cardinals territory, too. That's what's nice about living in East Central Illinois. We have a plethora of teams anybody can be a fan of. I'm not a Cardinals fan. I can tell you who I would have my top four, but I want you to make a list of 20 to one, being the best, and send it to me. I'll do all the research. I'll do all the reasoning, unless you want to do some reasoning on it. That's great. You can just write a quick blurb. That'll be a good project. I'll uh... – I got another uh, Cardinal fan in the house, and the old man, he ain't doing a ton either. He's still got some stuff, but I'll put my head together with him, and he's actually seen some of the greats. He's seen uh, the only no-hitter in Old Bush, and so he's got some pretty good memories too. I'll uh, butt heads with him and see what we can come up with. Yeah, I, I, I'll get that up on Twitter too, per you or per the. I'll get that up on the website. So just send me a quick blurb of what what you or what your reasoning is, and then I'll put some stats behind it. I got to get the rest of it done. I'll be probably doing that this uh, this week and weekend. So that'll be for the Cubs. Jay, hopefully, give me that. Hope soon doesn't have to be anytime soon because we're we're not going to have baseball till at least June. So we got to have something to fill our time. I know, man. It's crazy. I'm uh. I'm hoping that all the measures that are being taken can cut the time that we got to deal with this, hopefully in half, and this will all be done with sooner than later. Absolutely. Once again, don't forget to hit that uh, like and subscribe button. Don't forget to give us both a follow on Twitter at Fleming 10 at JTS11. Sad day for Illini basketball, losing a couple of guys that I've been following pretty hard. Losing a role player especially is always tough, but you know that's what happens when you start building a good program. That's exactly right. And the guys we got coming in shows that everybody is uh, seeing the uh, star when it comes to Champagne back on the map. Kids are starting to see that State Farm Center and all that when it comes to recruiting. And I couldn't be more excited for the future. So We got some Illini football to break down to in the future in between our movie reviews until sports gets back. But until then, Jay, I'll probably talk to you Sunday. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for having me.